Coming up, we'll sit down for a conversation with Franklin High School's athletic director, Tom Angelo. We'll discuss Franklin High School athletics and hear from Tom about his unique philosophy on youth sports. All that and more coming up next on Chapters. Welcome everyone to another edition of Chapters. My name is Jim Derrick and today in studio I am joined by my guest Tom Angelo. Welcome Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Great to be here. Now, for those of you you that don't know, Tom is the athletic director at Franklin High School here in Franklin, Massachusetts, the Franklin High Panthers. You've been here, Tom, since 2016. This is my third year, correct? Great, but you're not you uh, new to being an athletic director or a coach or around youth sports. No, no, sure. I've, I've been involved. Um, I started 34 years ago as a phys ed teacher, mm-hmm. and and I've been involved with teaching, administration, coaching ever since. Yeah. I got to know Tom uh, through our mutual work with the Franklin Public School Substance Abuse Task Force and have thoroughly enjoyed working with Tom and getting to know him. And I I knew that he'd make a great interview subject. So um, with that in mind, Tom, uh, how how has uh, your experience at Franklin been? Has it been everything you'd hoped it would be when you came here in 2016? Absolutely. And then more. (laughs) Um, It's a I, I tell you, uh, working for um, this school administration is, is a joy. Yeah, uh, we have such dedicated administrators. Uh, Paul Perry, Bill Clements um, are, are exceptional. Um, I work in a fantastic athletic department with Sue Jacobson. She's our administrative right. assistant, mm-hmm. um, and Sue's phenomenal. She's been in Franklin in the athletic office for quite some time. Uh, we have great coaches. Yeah. The coaches have been here, you know, some coaches for a long time, and we've hired excellent new coaches as well. Um, being in the Hockamock League, very prestigious league, right. um, working with those athletic directors on a daily basis, it, it's it's been it's been great. Um, you know, and I tell you, if it wasn't, I, I wasn't really looking to leave my last job at right. Plymouth North. Uh-huh. I was very happy there, but when this opportunity came available in Franklin, and I knew about Franklin, um, I, I just had to throw my hat in the ring, and I'm, I'm just so fortunate to be offered the position. We're glad you, you took it, and I will tell you, I'm very glad to hear that. I've been a resident of Franklin since 1986. My impression of this town is that uh, we have had wonderful leadership that has brought this town uh, as a whole to to new heights um first of all aesthetically it's it's beautiful Absolutely. the new high school is just a gem and um as you just as you just uh, uh confirmed for me the quality of people in this town uh, relative to the school administration is is really second to none and we are very very lucky and blessed to have um to have this uh this jewel here. And I think Frank, Franklin High School consistently getting awards for excellence academically as well as uh, athletically. We are. We are. And, and I could speak athletically. Uh, last year, we, we had a phenomenal year last year. We wound up winning the Hockamock Moscato Award, uh, which is given to the school with the highest winning percentage. So that that's pretty impressive. Over, overall, overall in the wow, ho- in the hockey league, impressive. yeah. So out of twelve schools, we had the highest winning percentage. We actually finished third in the state in Division One schools. Uh, we were edged out by Wellesley and Natick. So I think our winning percentage was seventy two point something, and wow. I think Wellesley was seventy five percent something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we were very close uh, with that. 
Um, but, you know, not only is, is it about the awards, it, it's about it's about our coaches. I keep going back to the coaches right. because they're our first line of contact. Um, you know, it, it's about them instilling in their athletes, their student athletes, um, what, it, what it's all about to be on a team, what right. it's about, you know, being a, a great teammate, um, how to be a better teammate, uh, lessons you can take from each game, from the successes and the failures. That, that's what it's all about. And that's that, that's what we preach. It's uh, it's not just the wins and losses. It's it's the big picture. Ab- absolutely. And we had some, um, I was just looking when you came in, uh, just before you came in, uh, I was looking at the Super 8 champs, uh, Hockamock um, baseball team yes. from last year, 2018. Yeah. And as I looked down the roster, I was looking at all my little league kids' names. <laughs> That'll tell you how old I am. That's but awesome. uh, what a great team and what a great experience yeah. that was. Oh, just phenomenal. Um, getting into the Super 8 was was huge. We were the last team selected into the Super 8. I thought we should have gone a little earlier, but I'm, I'm a little biased there because I knew we had the pitching right. uh, for that type of mm-hmm. tournament. It's different than the actual Division One tournament mm-hmm. in that it's a, they're nine inning games, um, so you really have to be deep with your pitching staff. Right. And I've right. been in the Super Eight when I was at Plymouth North, and we were two and out, and I knew we would be two and out because we just didn't we didn't have that type of mm-hmm. pitching to mm-hmm. play with the other schools. Um, and I tell you, once we got in there, um, Coach Zach Brown does a phenomenal job. Yeah. He, he's such a class act, and, and we were so fortunate to have him and, and his coaching staff. Um, these kids were, they were not going to lose. It, right. It's that simple. And I've coached a team like that before where, you know, you, you could be in the last inning, you could be down by a few runs, but your team wasn't going to give up. They and find ways to win. Absolutely. Manufacturing runs. Absolutely. Gutting out. I think one of those wins was uh, the, the come from behind that, that – I, I could almost see the players because I knew some of their names, and I was yeah. reading a recap of it, right. and it was a tremendous come-from-behind win. Um, I believe it was a walk-off. Was that the second-to-last game? That was the second-to-last game, right, where right. we came back. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Very, very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, beyond that, you, you've got a uh, really robust array of sports at Franklin High School, and, and where I'm headed with this, Tom, is that um, one of the things that we talk about and we'll talk more about is Tom's uh, perspective and viewpoint and um, uh, point of view, rather, on on what it is to participate in high school athletics and what it does for uh, a young athlete's um, development as a person. Uh, what are the benefits? Importantly, are there opportunities? And I know from having worked with you, there are opportunities at Franklin High to participate in no-cut sports. Is that right? That That is true. Every season we have a couple of no-cut sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, we also offer strength and conditioning programs as well. So if you know a, a student athlete does not make a team, they always have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, with our fall season, we have unified basketball. Right. And we've really come on the scene here with our unified sports. That, that was one of my goals when I first started here. Um, was to get our unified program up and running. And now we, we are the largest unified um, participants in the state. Uh, Friday night's football game at halftime, we'll be receiving our national banner uh, in My recognition. Goodness. We're one of 31 schools in the country who will be receiving this banner um, that shows our dedication, and not just to our, um, to our athletes, but it's, it's for the community in general. Um, because this community has really accepted, um, 
you know, what, what we do with our students with disabilities and without disabilities. So that's our fall sport, and that's unified basketball. And some teams are struggling to, you know, get maybe eight or ten kids on a team. And right now we have 70 kids. Holy smokes. 70. We need Think to take two buses to a basketball <laughs> game. It's crazy. And is everyone dressed? They're dre- well, we, well, that's an issue right now. We just ordered more uniforms. 70. 70. It's incredible. Um, and for those that don't know, can you describe what the Unified bas- Basketball problem, sure. so, uh, Program is? Yeah, so we, we have Unified Basketball in the fall. We have Unified Track and Field in the spring. Those yep. are our, our two sports. Those are non-cuts, and students with and without disabilities compete together. Mm-hmm. That's what unified is. It's mm-hmm. not Special Olympics, mm-hmm. it's, it's unified. It's, it's bringing both together um, and, and it's all about inclusion. Yeah. Um, so during basketball, when we do play, um, there, there are certain rules that, are, that govern the play. So you always need three students with disabilities on the court at one time mm-hmm. and two students without disabilities. Um, and students with disabilities are allowed to shoot, dribble, so on. Students without disabilities are allowed to rebound, dribble, pass, and, and so on. So we're really getting everyone involved in the game. Um, we, The Hockamock League, which is fantastic now because I, I kind of... Uh, um, I, I got other schools to come on board with, with the whole unified concept. So right now, uh, a couple of years ago, we were, it was actually Milford and Franklin. We were the only two. Uh-huh. Um, and Milford does a fantastic job with their unified program mm-hmm. as well. Pete Boucher is awesome over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we have eight schools involved now with unified basketball. Incredible. And uh, so we basically schedule our games. Um, we have to look at to when we can have gym time available. So anytime we have girls volleyball is away, we have space in our gym. Um, and we're fortunate in that we have such a large team, we can divide them up into a blue team, a white team, and have them play against each other. So we have lots of inner squads. Uh, Coach John Layton. Yeah, um, sure. He, he's just just phenomenal. Sure, he is. Um, he's yeah. our girls' head yes. varsity basketball yeah. coach, but he's also our head coach for unified uh, basketball, and he, he's he's just a, a first class guy and does a fantastic job with these kiddos. I love how you acknowledge the the community and the va- and the importance of the community being behind unified basketball. I can imagine that without having a supportive community, you can put on anything you want, but you're not going to get seventy young men and women to come out. That, that's so true. Right. That, that's so true. And I assume that there's a level for those that are um, uh, the non-disabled um, students, uh, there, there's a certain level of support that they need in order to participate. Is that is that right? Ab- and absolutely. Ab- absolutely. So, um, you know, it's this is such a unique opportunity because it, it allows and, you know, when we say unified, we have we have phenomenal athletes alongside of students with disabilities. Right. We have students who may, you know, do not have learning disabilities, but are participating as well. So it's so inclusive in that it, we're all for one, one for all. It's being part of a team. And that's, when you talk about my philosophy, that's what it is. It's being part of a team. I love the fact yeah. that we're eight minutes into this program, and that is what came up. Tom, I'm not surprised. that That's exactly why I wanted to do this sit-down. I want to remind everybody, we are speaking with Tom Angelo. Tom is the athletic director for our Franklin High School 
uh, Franklin Panthers. My name is Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, ChaptersRadio.com. And Tom, we were just talking about philosophy. Um, that inclusive, I mean, the, the metaphors for life, the learning opportunities on that unified team must just be absolutely endless. And um, just, just the notion that you have these tier one athletes playing alongside of folks with learning disabilities and other disabilities um, breaks down the whole cool kid table and it just it oh, just so true it just shatters all of those things that made me so uncomfortable when I was in high school right right, right? and and it, it goes beyond that it's you know when when people see our school and our community embrace students with disabilities mm. um, they are now the cool kids right yeah yeah and I, I had a, an email, um, Katie Lynch, I, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying her name. Um, I know Katie. Okay. And, yep. and she, she's such a wonderful person. Yeah, she and um, she has a student who has learning disability. And the first day of school, she emailed me and I could tell she was, you know, beside herself because someone did something so nice for her son, um, asking, you know, if, if to join them at, in the lunchroom. And, you know, where years ago, perhaps students with disabilities kind of stuck to themselves and, and so sure. on. Now they're embraced in the whole school community. And it's partly and partly due to the notoriety they receive from, you know, being our, our stars. You know, they're all over Twitter. They're right. um, in the school. Um, you know, people watch them play their sports and so mm -hmm. on. And and we have students of, as I mentioned, all varying levels of athleticism are with them, being yeah. their friends and, and helping them along and um, and learning yeah. to be compassionate to other kids. Yeah. That, that's one of the greatest byproducts of unified sports. Well, I gotta tell you, there's an ad right there for being a Franklin High Panther uh, at <laughs> in whatever sport or whatever uh, capacity you find yourself. Um, you definitely wanna be part of this team. I can tell you I would. Um, Tom, let's talk a little bit more about your philosophy. You have shared what I really think are some pearls of wisdom with the with the task force relative to the place and the role that sports play in a young man or woman's development as a person. And I'm just wondering if you could share some of your philosophy. Well, you know, it, it's and, and Jim, you know, you know, I've I've said this so many times. It's it's not about wins. It it's really about participation, and that's where um, communication. Uh, from the athletic director to the coaches really comes into play. I want our coaches to bring out the absolute best in every student athlete that's on their team. And we're all different. We all respond differently. Um, I've, and I've been there. I've had every kind of coach that I've learned from. I've had coaches that I would think are horrible coaches. But I've learned from them. Sure. I've had great coaches, and I've learned from them. I had great teachers. I had not so great teachers. Um, and you know, this might go back to my upbringing. You know, if I ever went home and complained about anything, my parents would say, "I don't want to hear about it." You know, <laughs> just you deal with it. And you, you can't say that today. Um, <laughs> you can try. You, you could try, right? <laughs> but um, but you know, you it's you know, every, there's so many opportunities to learn and through that develop a, a philosophy on um, what's important in life. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately for me and 
things I've gone through in my life, certain tragedies I've experienced in my life, um, what I've done for a living. I've worked with kids now for 34 years. Right. And it's what I love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss coaching tremendously. I have to say that because that's where you really, I feel I can make a difference in someone's life. Um, but right now I'm coaching coaches and, and that's kind of how I see it now. And hopefully the philosophy I can share is being picked up by some of the coaches, younger coaches, uh, more so than the older coaches. Um, but hopefully that'll trickle down. Sure. And, and I try to um, meet and be part of students whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole philosophy, um, I, I would say, um, just has to do with with being a great teammate. Right. And that's something that I've said for years. That That's kind of my mantra is, is just be a great teammate. And if you can be part of something, you have to understand that being on a team is bigger than you, you know, and I want every kid to understand that as part of a team, you have a certain role on that team. Mm-hmm. And your primary role is to, support, is to support your teammates and be the best you can to bring out the best in them. And that's where we really learn about leadership and what leadership is all about. Um, you know, leadership is, is basically making everyone around you better. Right. And, and that's what we try to instill in our student athletes is that's why you're on the team, not for the stardom, the, uh, you know, the awards and all that is, is being part of something bigger than you. Yeah. The metaphors that you can draw back to life are really unlimited, aren't oh, they? And, and you just mentioned one. I mean, you just describe what it's like to be a family member, uh, being a good teammate. And I love what you said about um, talking about talking to young men and women uh, on their way home from a game. Hmm. And you talk about the opportunity that a parent has to speak with their their youngsters about really life lessons that they might have acquired. Right. And one of those, I think one of the principles of that right home is what have you done? Mm. What did you do today to be a good team, teammate? Not right. did you win, not did you get the playing time in. Right. Is that pretty yeah, much? Ab- absolutely. I, I know we, we mentioned this and that this was one of my things and I'll kind of get into it with the, the whole right home theory. Sure. Um, and I'll, I'll go back from the beginning when, with my first son, um, Anthony, he, um, you know, I, I coached his team, and um, I tell you, the the rides home were horrendous. Um, <laughs> and it was it would have to do with him, who he is. He's such a competitor to yep. a fault, and it was me not taking charge of the situation. And we'd jump in the car, and I'd let him complain and complain about the coach and complain about the umpires, and, and it was just miserable. Yeah, everybody done him wrong. He didn't get right. the right playing time, right. whatever, right? Right, yeah. And, and yeah. unless he was the superstar, he wasn't happy. Sure. And I thought, man, it, <laughs> I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I, I just, so, you know, I, we, we did this, and I thought, you know, I, I need to change myself. I, I need to change my presentation. I need to control this situation and do things differently with my other son. Um, so when Zach started playing uh, little league ball, basketball, soccer, you name it, um, I, I switched things around. And when we would talk about the game at the field afterward, um, but I would always remind him I wanted to remain positive. And when he got in the car, my first question to him was always, 
how are you the best teammate you could have been today? Right. And, and is, was there anything you could have done that would have made you a better teammate? So there was no more complaining about anything. There was no more umpires, no more coaches. This is about him intrinsically looking at himself and saying, okay, how can I be the best I can be? And, and that's kind of what we went with. And, and the rides home were, um, we were talking, we were communicating and just so different than the, my first child's experience that I absolutely blew because I just didn't know how to control the situation. I've had that experience before. And when you say con lack of control, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. Um, the conversation becomes a runaway train and, and you're thinking to yourself, who's the parent in this car? Right. I've been there right. <laughs> many, many, many times. Um, but uh, it, it's so interesting how you frame that, because when you when you ask them to explore how they've been a better teammate, immediately their thinking has to move outward as opposed to inward. Right. It turns exactly. outward and says, how did I impact or not impact this team? Where were there some opportunities to be a better person, right. better teammate, to reflect better on the team? Um, but I can also imagine that it allows you, since you're looking outward, to take that conversation in all sorts of constructive Absol areas. Absolutely. Right? And, and we and we spoke about this with the opioid task force. Sure. And, you know, this is for for my son, Zach. Um, Zach and I can talk about absolutely anything. Um, and I think it all started, it, it all stems back from when <laughs> I did this little experiment with him on the way home. And there, I tell you, when he got older and I started missing the car rides home, believe me, um, because that was our time. That was our time to communicate about whatever. And there was a point there where I remember asking him questions like, um, you know, when, when the whole, you know, chemical health thing and, and and jeweling came yes, up and yeah, I, yeah. I said then what what is this stuff right. and and he was able to tell me and educate me on things and you know I thought man that you know we can take this to another level you know if parents would understand that um, that time after games if, if you can handle it correctly you know it, you could just turn it around to where you are now exchanging ideas with your son or daughter you are asking them for their opinion. You're, you're asking them about things that happen in school. You, it doesn't have to be about sports, but all. it's just a, a segue into how can I communicate better with my parents? Sure. And, and we all know with the whole chemical health piece is it's all about communication. Right. It's all about openness and communication. And, um, you know, and, and we had plenty of talks about chemical health and drugs and uh, kids on the, you know, and that he knew of who were playing in college and so on. And I always said to him, so you tell me, how could partying, doing drugs, drinking make you a better athlete? Right. If your number one goal is to be the best athlete, the best student, then why would you want to do that to your body? Why mm. would you want to do that to your mind? And um, and and I think it resonated with him. Mm. And it just strikes me as listening and watching you talk, Tom, that you, you're taking your relationship with your son or daughter um, to a different level. You're actually coming around to their side of the table and you're yes. starting to empathize and starting to ask for their opinion 
which there's no better compliment in the world, young or old, than for someone to look you in the eyes that you respect and love and say, I'd like your opinion on something. So you're, you're forging that. uh, And it sounds like you've been as blessed as I is that you have a son that you can actually call friend now as as an adult. I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with Tom Angelo. Tom is the athletic director at Franklin High School. My name is Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, www.chaptersradio.com. Tom, um, these these types of philosophies, I know that you carry these through with your coaching staff, and um, I, I'm sure that you know you hire in your image. You, I know you've got a great baseball staff. I know some of them. What are some of the challenges that you have right now uh, relative to youth sports, uh, like at, youth high, sports? at the high school level? Sure. With, well, you know, what we see in youth sports, uh, there's ample opportunity for um, the youngsters to participate, especially in Franklin. And I tell you, Ryan Jetty, who's the director of recreation here, that guy is the best. And and I've worked with uh, rec directors from other towns, and and just Ryan's phenomenal. And uh, I don't know what I'd do without him. Um, he, he's such a great guy. Program's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I saw him out at a restaurant uh, a week or two ago and complimented him again because I had— <laughs> witnessed uh, someone talking about the explosion of the softball program yes uh, in its participation sure. uh, it's off the charts but yeah. uh, and right now they have flag football going right. they have hundreds of kids down there a yeah. beaver it, yeah so as you said the participation yeah. opportunity is there right so a lot of kids are participating which which is you know certainly a feather in the cap to Franklin you know that we have such a um, you know well attended um, and excellent program um, when they get to the high school, you know, now we're dealing with a, a school of, you know, a division one, very mm-hmm. competitive school. Mm-hmm. You can only keep so many kids on a roster in, in most of the sports, the, you know, with the exception of the non-cut sports. Um, and, you know, some of the parents have, um, you know, they, they hope that their, uh, their children are going to perform better than they do. Sure. And, uh, we all want that out of our kids and, and for, a a uh, student athlete to all they want to do is go to high school and, and wear that, you know, the Panther colors and, and play on the team. It's just not going to happen mm-hmm. for everyone mm-hmm. uh, because there are kids who are more talented and bigger, faster and stronger and, and so on. Um, so it's dealing with parents with with that unrealistic um, expectation that that poses a challenge. And I I wish you know, I was at Tabor Academy for 15 years. There's 500 kids at that school. Everybody played. Everybody participated. Um, there were no cuts. Or if there were cuts, it was, you know, very, on a very small basis. Right, right. And there was always something else for them to do. Yep. Um, and it for, for here at Franklin High School, if a kid doesn't make a team, you know, we try to convince them to, to go to a non-cut sport or to go into strength and conditioning. Um, but still they, they feel that they've failed and, and, you know, and, and that's very hard for, for me. It's hard for, it's very hard for the parents to, you know, you're dealing with an upset child and, you know, you had certain expectations and, you know, right away parents want to reach out and to the coaches and say, you know, you didn't give my son or daughter a fair shot and and so on. And and that's human nature to do something like that. So if that's a challenge, Mm. um, in such a, great town that offers so much for the younger kids and then that that slap of cold reality once right. they get to the high school 
And we, it's tough. We were talking before we came on the air about the investment that parents are making today oh, versus man. when we were uh, parenting young kids uh, is really extraordinary. You mentioned hockey, but there's also AAU baseball and travel this, travel oh, soccer. Absolutely. And it's an investment of time, money. Yep. Um, and um, uh, also on the other end of it is that extraordinary college bill, which now can exceed easily a quarter million dollars, maybe $300,000 uh, fully loaded. And a parent's looking at that and saying, well, we need some relief here. Maybe it will be Johnny or Sally's scholarship money. So there's all kinds of pressures at bear here. The thing that's upsetting to me as a parent and as somebody who works now with the Safe Coalition and has seen the ugly side of substance abuse and mental health issues, um, you're putting pressure on these young men and women in an already pressurized world, let alone athletics. And um, possibly, as you just said, with some expectations that are unrealistic. Right. And uh, it doesn't really yield very good results most of the time. It, it's tough. And, you know, especially, you know, you, you take the, the young man or woman who has some talent, you know, when they're 11, 12 years old. Yes. And, yep. and parents sometimes want to um, have them, you know, it, it's it's all or nothing. They, they want them to play soccer 12 months out of the year and, uh, you know, or baseball or, or what have you. And what we see and, and what a lot of Division One, Division Two coaches see, um, you know, we, we want that kid to be a well-rounded athlete. Mm-hmm. We, we want, I want them as an athletic director to play multiple sports. Mm-hmm. I don't want them just playing one sport um, because th- there are issues with that. There, most Division One, Division Two college coaches will tell you that they're – Athletes have played two or three sports in high school. They haven't really specialized in one. And with one sport, you wind up with overuse injuries. Right. Specifically, you know, baseball, softball with arms and, and soccer with with your knees and your ankles and, you know, football, you know, with, you know, issues. Backs with, with and football, knees. Backs and, and knees yeah, and, yeah. and concussions. Sure. You know, although you can get concussion in any sport. Sure. Um, but you know there there are issues with overuse as well, and you know you you do see pressure put on these kids to to be the best, to be uh, so good that a Division One, Division Two school is going to come and offer them mm-hmm. an opportunity to play mm-hmm. uh, with a, a partial or full scholarship, and that is just not going to happen, or it happens so few, um, you know, with with student athletes. My suggestion is to do the very best you can in school, do whatever you can in school, um, join clubs, play multiple sports, find your passion, and go for it. And if you are on a team, just be the best teammate you can be and enjoy every minute of it. Absolutely. Tom, I have to ask you this because my son, Michael, uh, (laughs) Derek, um, had a great experience in high school. And it was punctuated, and this sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I tell this story a lot in his company. Uh, he's now 29, uh, doing very well down in Washington, D.C. Yeah. It was punctuated by four attempts to uh, join the Franklin High School baseball team, all which were met with a head shake, no. Mm. <laughs> you, you, you didn't make the team. Okay. And he was a what I would call a, a good B-level player mm-hmm. in a very large school that had a lot of Mike Derricks. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I almost liked that better because it wasn't obvious that he should have been cut. 
And it wasn't a glaring mistake on the coach's part. He was part of the pack, which happens to represent life a lot. Yeah, the, yeah. It, the ball just doesn't roll your way, literally, right. in this case. But at the end of this experience, here's what really capped it off. Pete Pascarosa. Love Pete. An incredible guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pete, I hope you're listening. Um, I need to send him a note or something just to let him know that Mike still has hanging in his living room. Not a picture of dad, <laughs> but a framed certificate from Pete Pascarosa from awards night when he gave him the Attitude Award. Nice. And I got to tell you, we got a letter in the mail saying that our son had been, was the recipient of an award. And you're thinking scholarship. Did he somehow, did light, we catch lightning in a bottle? Maybe yeah, they made yeah. a mistake. And it got all the way down to the end and Pete got up and gave him that award and he got a standing ovation. He's never forgotten that. And he's That's had awesome. great success in life. Yeah. But he learned a lot from that. And you know something, when a Pete Pascarosa comes along yeah. and has the opportunity to influence somebody like that, yeah. I can tell you it changed his trajectory. I'm sure. It, it, it absolutely stamped home that he was on the right track, that continuing to try to having a right, the right attitude when he failed. Right. And he had a good one. He'd be was sad for a day, but then he'd go back out. He'd play in the wooden bat league in the fall with the, all the varsity players. Yeah. They, he remained friends. Yeah. He went to all the games. Sam Adler started. He was a good friend of his. Brandon Sennery, who went off to pitch in the majors, was a, a friend of Michael's. So he never gave up, and he never gave up mm. his love of the game. And that's a long, right. long story to say what an influence you and your staff, and you know this, that's why you do what you do, but what a what an opportunity it is to positively impact young men and women if only we, me, the parent, doesn't get in the way. True. Is that, True. Would that it, be absolutely, fair? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, when, you know, every coach will tell you the worst thing they can do is cut a, an athlete. It, it's, and even the word cut has such a negative connotation to it. Um, and... We, I meet with my coaches who make cuts, and I tell them, this is how I want it to be done. I, I want multiple coaches there sitting down. I want the student-athlete to come to them. I want them to tell that student-athlete, look, th this is just, at this time in your life, you're not going to be on the team because either, you know, you, you need to be quicker, you need to be stronger, you need to, you know, learn the game better, whatever. Um, but also not to give up on the game mm -hmm. and not to give up on participating in athletics. You know, I know I say, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, was cut from his basketball team. And, and you know, you, you have to put it in perspective and always tell the kids, you know, thank you for trying out. Thank you for putting it out there. This is, you know, not a pleasant thing for us to do. I know it's not pleasant for you, but stay with it, you know, and, and keep playing you know, have a positive attitude, play uh, another sport or strength and conditioning, but just be involved. And that, that's all we want. It's a great message. Um, it's a great message and a, a great way to keep uh, the young men and women understanding that you have mutual respect. You have respect for what they attempted to accomplish. Sure. And they may not have gotten it this time, but there are multiple coaches sitting here wanting to deliver a message to you, which is a little different than having one coach sit in his office just shaking his head and exactly. just being dismissive. Exactly. Um, I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with Tom Angelo. Tom is the uh, athletic director at Franklin High School. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, chaptersradio.com. Tom, um, in the uh, time we have left, I was in, very interested in, in getting your perspective on this. What would you tell a parent who has 
in, maybe an incoming freshman, uh, maybe they just arrived at Franklin High School, that has aspirations to play sport. What, what is the advice you'd give a parent who is really anxious to have them on a Franklin High School team? Yeah. Well, there, there, there are a couple ways to approach that. I, I told you before we started how, how I've given talks to um, baseball players, you know, youth sports and and their parents. And, and I always um, start off, I usually have the kids sitting near me and the parents behind them. Um, and then I'll take questions afterward. And, and I always start off with, you know, how many of you aspire to play in college? And 100% of the hands will go up. And then I'll say, and how about Division One or Division Two? And of course, all the hands remain up. And then I say, well, you know what? Honestly, about five percent of you are actually going to play in college. And out of your D one, D two, maybe just one or two of you. Yeah. And those are the percentages, and and that's kind of how it works. And I say, you know, the the best thing you can do to increase your opportunity to play in college is to do great in school, study hard, be a great leader, be a great teammate, do as much as you can. And hopefully, if you want to play in sports, a Division three team where there are no athletic scholarships, right. but you will be able to participate on a team. Um, and I tell you, my, my son played Division three baseball, and he was up at 6 a.m. and lifting weights. Absolutely. He, he, you know, they, the coach there ran it just like a Division One program. Um, and, you know, you, you can be part of something bigger than you are and, and enjoy yourself. Um, for parent, for um, youngsters coming in, for freshmen coming in, I want those, the parents to let the children do what they want to do. Go out for whatever team they want to go out for. Um, experience a sport. Perhaps they're they're not great at, but they have uh, an interest in playing. Um, I just want them to participate and do the best they can. And, and I always go back to just being a great teammate, learning leadership skills, um, just participating, making friends. Um, I tell you, I when I look back at my high school years, I can't tell you games we won or lost, but I could tell you the friendships that I made. And I'm still friends with these folks. Boy, I, isn't that the truth? Yeah, you know, and who, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's the life lessons you learned. It's the friends you made. It's yeah. the laughs you had. It's the times in the locker room after a game. Right. It, it's the bus rides home. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And that's what I want all of our athletes to experience. I, you know, and I wish uh, when I was of the, of the age bringing up high school kids that I um, had listened a little bit more to guys like Pete uh, or gone and sought their counsel um, on just this issue. You've seen thousands of young men and women go through yeah. programs, whether it be coaching them directly or, or as an athletic director, um, you would be the, the source uh, for this type of thing um, and this type of wisdom. I think one of the big impediments, though, I can remember the feeling was feeling like I had missed something and I had let my son down. He didn't make the team. <laughs> and I can remember being a parent thinking to myself, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Which is patently yeah. ridiculous. But right. in an age of clinics and maybe if he just took one more hitting class and maybe if I just worked a little harder with him when I was throwing with him at, at, at seven years old, the fact of the matter is we're just heaping the pressure on uh, at, at too great a degree. Tom, um, you have two boys we talked about. You do. 
You have a boy that's uh, in Tampa, Florida, and one that's here in, in Marion at your home? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah Anthony just... lives down in Tampa. He went yeah. to the University of Tampa and, and wound up staying there for his master's program. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he's he's doing very well down there. Just bought a condo, and he's uh, he's living large. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. And yeah. I, I can tell you, as someone that has two boys, uh, three boys, that I'm very proud of and very close with, there's no better reward I'll in the world you. than... I love the word dad. <laughs> you know, yeah. the title dad yeah. is my favorite title. And to communicate with both of them on an adult level, you know, and, and you mentioned about them being your friends. I, I can honestly say my son, Zach, is, is my best friend. Yeah, he's 23 years old. I love being with him. I love golfing with him, watching sports with him. And I'm, I'm actually thrilled he's still living at home. He, he does work out of the home. He's a musician. He does a lot. Um, and uh, having him there every day is great. I'm I'm going to miss him. When I, he, you just yeah. took the words out of my mouth. My son uh, moved uh, four, five, six years ago now, but I still I still miss him every day. And I've still got a, I'm blessed to have one at home who'll be off to college next year. Yeah. What do you do? do you, are you a golfer? Do you play? I, I do golf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Uh, I'm a hacker, but you know yeah. I, I love the game. I yeah. love the game. Were you a football player in college or I, no, high school? I, I played baseball in college. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I played at New Mexico State University. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, I. Uh, in what, what position? I, I was a catch, primarily catcher. Catcher on double headers. I'd play left field on during the second game. Great. Um, but yeah, that was that was you know uh, that was my life at one point. Good I, time. If you had a sport that you had to watch, and it was it was one, what would you pick? Baseball. Baseball. But great. Yeah. Man after my own heart. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's the game within the game that we understand. Yes. And my wife has no idea how I could be glued to a Red Sox game, right. you know, for three hours and, right. and so on. But you know, I I'd, I'd love I love watching football as well. But I I know baseball. I yeah. understand baseball. I know what's going on. And and I I like I said, the game within the game. I just love. You know, I played behind. So this will show you that I didn't actually play. But I rode the bench behind Frank Mal- Malzone, really? uh, who was a gold. His dad was uh, yeah. a gold Glover for the Red Sox and Hall of Famer. Um, but um, having played the game and loving the game from the inside out, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I'm interested in your take on Alex Cora this year. I, I think he is phenomenal. Um, what can you say? I, I know. I mean, the win record is, is amazing enough. But it, absolutely, I love his style. I do, too. His I, running style. Um, yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. I, um, you know, working in Franklin, living an hour away, mm-hmm. That's it's all sports radio for me. And I love listening to him his, his pregame before games um he he's just so down to earth he he tells you it, you know no fancy words or no. anything this is how it is this is how we're approaching this situation and he tells you he gives you a little insight to players and so on but you know he he's one of those blue collar coaches yeah. um and he he knows the game he loves the game yeah. passionate about it and and his his players know that as well at 41 years old I think so. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, remarkable. 40s, yeah. He's a very measured guy too, yes. and uh, his comportment is really impressive. I'm also impressed with Gabe Kapler at the Phillies. Yeah, another yeah. young guy that yeah. hadn't managed at the major league baseball level, right? Um, and uh, stumbled a little bit at the beginning, but has done quite well. Of course, you get Dave Robertson. I think it's a new breed of management that we're seeing. Right, right, you know, the, right. The, the Tommy Lasorda's are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or passe. And look right. what's happening to the Orioles. Yeah, it? right. Exactly. What's wrong yeah. with the Patriots? 
what's wrong with the Patriots? I, Where do know, we start? Well, I, I think we start by getting Edelman back on the field. Yeah, I no think, kidding. Yeah, that's going to be huge. And, yeah. and, you know, to take away that double coverage on Gronk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, it's been you know, a painful we'll, beginning, though, hasn't it? it it's, we'll, we'll see what if, if Gordon has anything to contribute. Mm-hmm. That Right there, that might take some pressure off of Gronk. Yeah. Um, you we'll know, see. Yeah. So, Sony Michelle, I mean, he, he needs to... Um, get some more reps yeah. and you know he missed the whole preseason so <sighs> once he gets rolling and you know we'll, yeah. we'll see but never give up on no. Tom never give up on Bill no. and, and they'll be there at the end if anything they're just more dangerous when they get angry yeah. especially Belichick scares me but uh, <laughs> do you watch the NBA at all you, you know I, I sad to say I do not neither do I okay I watch college all day long yeah, yeah I, I will too Interesting. And I, you know I don't know I, I just uh, you know I'll, I'll watch the finals keep up on it i'm just not an nba guy anymore <laughs> finally tom i have to, i can't leave the table without um mentioning franklin high school boys basketball mm. um what's the what's the forecast this year oh hey you know basketball along with a few other teams they're they're going to be right there again yeah um coach cj neely yeah he, he i tell you he's one of the best yeah he, he's such a good um high school basketball coach mm-hmm. um we, we are so fortunate to have him he will have the team ready to go we have a lot of great players on that team how about chris hedgel Ed, edge is he's that he's a special kid yeah he, i've known him since he was three is that right <laughs> you know is they, they, they're neighbors up the street but um he's kid, something he's, else he's a natural yeah and you know he he you know just, just the just his presence on the court um both, you know, on both ends of the court, but, you know, the kid's a pure scorer, um, great attitude. Yeah. Nothing bothers him. Yeah. The, the kid has ice in his veins. I, I remember two years ago, you know, up in Worcester and him him nailing a, a shot with no time left right. on the clock. I thought, oh, my God, yeah. dude, this kid is unbelievable. Yeah. Otherworldly. Yeah. I, wasn't that a three? Yes. Yeah. 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 Un- unbelievable. But it's so exciting. Um, Tom, I can't thank you enough for spending the oh, time. Thank you, Jim. I enjoyed this. With us. Yeah. Um, I am really excited to following uh, uh, the Franklin Panthers uh, football team uh, as we go into the fall season right now. Um, try to get out to some games. It's a lot of fun. As uh, Tom mentioned, this is a communal activity. Um, the unified uh, uh, basketball team with 70-some-odd players on it uh, is a good example of how our community supports athletics. Um, so try to get out to a game. Say hello to Tom if you see him. Friday night, we're playing Oliver Ames in football, and at halftime, we're having our Parade of Champions. And at during the half, um, so every time we win a league title, state title, district title, uh, regional title, whatever, um, we, I send the ba- take the banners down from the rafter, send them out, have the year sewn on and sent back to us. So I have about 15 banners sitting in my office right now. So at halftime, uh, we have athletes from each of those teams who will come out to the field. They'll grab the banners and they'll parade them out to the 50 yard line. We'll tell a little bit about the team. I think it's going to be great and might as well do that before we stick them back up in the rafters. And then after that, we'll be receiving, um, our national recognition banner from Special Olympics. And um, I'm, I've invited our superintendent, Sarah Ahern, to be there to accept the banner. Sure. Um, one of but, 31 schools? One of 31 say? schools yeah. in the country, yeah. yeah. 
so we'll we'll receive it that night as well. So it, it's a special night. Hopefully it doesn't rain on us. So. Hopefully not. And I'll tell you, please try to get out. Um, what a great what a great time. So for my guest Tom Angelo, my name's Jim Derrick saying thanks for listening to Chapters, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>